from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. So obviously what's happening at the southern border is a hot mess, right? As soon as President Biden took office, he destroyed all the good policies that President Trump had put into place to to stop this push-pull with the southern border, with the illegal immigration, right? To stop incentivizing people for wanting to come into the U.S., abuse our laws, take advantage of loopholes, take advantage of the United States, and come here illegally. Trump did things like the Remain in Mexico policy. He wanted to build a wall. What did Joe Biden do? Came in and ripped that all up, stopped all those policies that were working. And now we see this incredible border crisis that we're facing as a country. We're, we're letting like state full of people into the United States. What impact does that have on a nation? You know, we're letting all these people in who, who don't share our values. They're not Americans. We don't know what they're doing. Are they cartel members or they're terrorists? It's ridiculous. And it's got to stop. So I'm going to have a conversation with RJ Hallman on this show. He is the head of federal government relations for the Federation of American Immigration Reform. In short, it's called the group's called FAIR. I'm sure you've heard of them as well. So we're going to get into a lot of these big issues percolating with the, the southern border. I'm also going to ask him, you know, we talk a lot about the southern border. Are there concerns at the northern border? What's going on up there? What should we know about that? Also, his group, FAIR, I'm sure you've all heard of the tech platform Slack. Well, they banned FAIR's account. Why did they do that? What does it mean? We're going to get into that as well. So conversation about immigration, what's going on at the southern border with RJ Hallman. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> a lot 
happening on the southern border. We're going to get into the northern border as well with RJ Hawman. He is the head of federal government relations and communications for the Federation uh, for Im- American Immigration Reform. Try saying that five times fast. RJ, uh, I appreciate you joining the show. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Lisa. You know, so RJ, before we get into the policy uh, conversation, so the tech platform Slack banned the account for the Federation for American Immigration Reform, otherwise known as FAIR. Uh, is FAIR still banned? And, and why did they do that? Yeah, no, Lisa, this is just an absolutely wild development. You know, everybody's focused on, you know, social media platforms, you know, free speech. But what about like paid speech? I mean, what you had here is one of the largest worksite communications platforms, something that's essential for us to be able to do our job. They immediately banned us and took six years of our data. So every conversation that I've had that any other staffers had, we're talking files, data, all gone. I mean, just in a simple automated email. Now, what they told us, too, is that you violated your terms of service. And when we look at the terms of service, all it says is that you cannot, you know, inspire hatred or anything towards large groups of people. Now, everybody knows the tech community. And keep in mind, you know, Slack was a, a very successful startup. And, you know, who was it acquired by? It was acquired by Salesforce, which is headed by Mark Benoff, who's probably one of the biggest you know, Democratic donors, he's woke, he's open borders. So the company has completely changed. But I mean, I mean, this is absolutely outrageous. So, you know, not only are they, you know, suppressing free speech of people who want immigration restrictions, saying we're all hateful and, you know, uh, we're violent people, which is absolutely ridiculous. They're going after our, you know, ability to be even be able to do our jobs. So, you know, we're, we're kind of you know, raising awareness on this. Unfortunately, uh, many conservative groups up here in Washington and around the country have reached out to us for more information. And, and we're being blunt with them. We could you know, potentially be pursuing litigation here. And I know there's been a lot of interest on Capitol Hill to kind of push back at these companies. But again, it's just it's jaw dropping. And, you know, I wish Elon Musk would kind of care about this, too, because it isn't just Twitter, not just Facebook. Again, these tech companies that we rely on that have monopolies on these industries that, you know, companies or organizations like us rely on, they're they're taking it away. But again, all our data gone. I don't have the money to pay for it, but I think you guys should too, just to put my two cents in. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, there's some pro bono offers and everything too. I mean, that is the good thing too, is there's, you know, there's many, you know, legal firms and other organizations. We're all in this battle, okay, as a country, you know, we're only in that immigration space too. But again, the woke tech companies, they're going after all of us, okay? Everything we believe in that's more America first, or even under the old conservative umbrella, they view as hateful speech and they, they don't want to, they, they, they're kind of going after our sheer existence. And, and that's a huge problem. But again, we're, we're fighting now. I mean, gone are the days of us trying to sit on the sidelines. We're going to be going after them and, and we'll make it right here. Well, and like the irony is uh, before people go and like Google, but like the internet says I'm worth like $10 million, which is like not even close. I wish, I wish I would be, I, I would be helping you with the yeah. lawsuit if I was, but you know, so, but I was, so I saw that obviously I shared it because it's wrong. And then secondly, I was thinking to myself, the irony of it is that the majority of Americans are actually more with you guys in the way that you're looking at the immigration debate. And the majority of Americans are against open borders. They're against what they're, the crisis at the southern border. They want border security. So, like, the irony is they're banning you guys for sharing opinions that the majority of Americans share. Yeah, I know. I mean, we're, we're, we're technically only fringe within their bubbles. I mean, and that's just, they are so out of touch. But again, and I think what they're doing here, I mean, they're overplaying their hand. I mean, again, gone are the days of Republicans on Capitol Hill. I know, you know, 
you know, we've talked to Josh Hawley's office on this a bit. They've been very strong on going after tech companies. I mean, you know, one thing we were engaged on as well as, you know, Facebook, and I respect them, you know, for even reaching out to groups like us for our opinion on, you know, smugglers, traffickers using their platforms. But what they did is essentially allow it. I mean, they're going to turn a blind eye, okay, when you have these smugglers, traffickers, and cartels. Now, again, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about it soon of what, what tragically happened in San Antonio, Texas, with over 50 people, okay, that paid a powerful cartel to come here. They all ended up dying. Again, I think, you know, groups like Facebook do have blood on their hands to some extent. I mean, these cartels and these smugglers and traffickers, they are so savvy on the business end of things. They're, they're doing it. They're so comprehensive. I mean, they have apps. You know, they go through social media platforms. They use, you know, the, uh, payments uh, systems like Venmo and things like that. They have wristbands. I mean, they are so well organized. Why don't you focus your efforts on people like that, not people that have the best uh, national interest and care about our sovereignty? Don't go after us. You'd mentioned Capitol Hill. I, I want to get into what's going on on Capitol Hill right now. Obviously, you follow this closely. You know, Senator Cornyn, well, we just had Republicans sell out uh, their base on the Second Amendment. And then there's this report that Senator Cor- Cornyn from Texas, after he did so on guns, he apparently smiled and said, first guns, now it's immigration. He says he's a jo- it's a joke. I don't find it funny, and I don't think it's a joke after what they just did on the Second Amendment. So what should be people be paying attention to uh, you know, regarding what's happening on Capitol Hill right now? Yeah, you know, yeah, real funny, Senator. I mean, it just, I mean, my views, personal views aside on the gun control thing. But I mean, again, it wasn't just, you know, a a hearsay or anything. A reporter witnessed it, you know, a a well-respected Capitol Hill reporter. He said it. And it's funny. I mean, he only, well, it's not funny. I mean, neither is his joke. But, you know, he said that it was a joke after he got a lot of heat. And again, not only from groups like us. I mean, I think you went after it. I think every figure, okay, that is on our side of the issue, and, and it's kind of driving things in his party. There was some of the media stories. And then he finally says, oh, it was a joke. But it's not freaking funny, okay? You represent a border state. You have constantly flirted uh, with amnesty on, uh, on the Democratic front. I mean, and Senator Cornyn, you know, one of the solutions to the border crisis that he proposed, all it would have done is done more processing facilities and everything. Made The Biden administration, the biggest problem here, and we're trying to tell Republicans in this current Congress, okay, and then obviously once uh, uh, we take over, is don't like fall into the trap of the only, you know, prescription to this crisis is by giving, you know, the Border Patrol more resources. I mean, we, we joke, and again, none of this is a joke, but you know, U.S. Customs and Border Protection should change their name to U.S. Customs and Border Processing. All these guys do down there is stand with a clipboard and, you know, load up, you know, whatever mini caravan of 150, 200 migrants into a bus, you drop them off at a local NGO, many who receive, you know, federal funding. And that's something that we need to put a uh, magnifying glass on when Republicans take, uh, take that control. And then they're transported up into American communities. And it's like a never-ending process. So when you have a law enforcement official, somebody who signed up, okay, because they wanted to secure our borders. I mean, the agency Border Patrol, that's what they're called. Now you're, they're preoccupied processing these people. So obviously that's why the cartels, too, that's why they're involved in smuggling and trafficking, because they know when they're so bogged down with the people, then they can smuggle up the lethal narcotics. It's just a disaster all around. But I mean, the biggest, most important thing here is, listen, Republicans, I, I think it's a guarantee, 99.9% chance they take back the House. Senate's a little bit more dicey, but Republicans will take control. And it's time to stop, you know, tweeting about the crisis and using it for political purposes and actually do something to address it. So that's why, you know, we up here in Washington, 
formed one of the largest immigration coalitions ever. We have pretty much every former Trump administration official, you know, Tom Homan, Mark Morgan, I mean, uh, Chad Wolf, even in the White House, you got Mark Meadows and others, big groups like FAIR, uh, the Heritage Foundation, America First Policy Institute, Numbers USA, we're all telling Republican leadership, okay, you must do a comprehensive border security bill right out the gate, H.R. 1 through 10, immediately when we take back control. And then give the Biden administration a decision. Don't give him something watered down that he can bill as a political victory or pretending to address the crisis. We're talking actual statutory changes. You change the law, the things that are actually driving the crisis. Don't just send more resources down there pretending uh, to address the problem. But again, you know, Republicans will have a mandate. Again, we're telling them, too, it's called your mandate's I squared. Okay, inflation and immigration address them right out the gate. Yeah. So the Supreme Court gave President Joe Biden the green light to end Trump's remain in Mexico immigration policy. First of all, for the audience, if they don't know, explain what the remain in Mexico policy was. And then what impact is this going to have on what we're seeing at the southern border? Yeah, well, this is a President Trump did. I think it was back in 2017. It all feels you know 10 years ago. You know when he had his border crisis, which I mean pales in comparison to what's happening now. It's not even close. And this was something they did to address it. But you know when fully active under Trump, MPP, it's called Migrant Protection Protocols Program, and also commonly known as Remain in Mexico. What it did is it required many. Uh, legal border crossers to remain in Mexico, okay, while they waited for an immigration judge to consider the merits of of their applications, many of which are are frivolous asylum claims. Again, these are economic migrants who are trying to abuse a a truly humanitarian system. So, you know, MPP effectively cut off the strongest pull factor for illegal immigration, and that's the guarantee of being released into the country after being apprehended. So, I mean, this was really out the gate, you know, the Biden administration viewed as an obstacle to their mass immigration agenda. So they tried to end it. And and I mean, ending it, you know, how and when they did really put the American public at at risk. And it triggered the border crisis. And and what we always point out, too, and this is kind of outside of what the Supreme Court ruled on. I mean, what the Supreme Court was considering is whether or not the Biden administration ended MPP properly. Did they adhere to a thing called the Administrative Procedure Act? Did they actually you know, submit a rule properly? Did they take public input? Again, they weren't really talking about the program's existence of itself. But so they're kicking it back down to a lower court to decide really or truly if this is illegal. But again, this is just it's not as much the ruling, Lisa, as it is what the Biden administration did and their true intent. And I mean, today, really, again, I think it highlights that, as I was saying, the need for congressional action to mandate something like MPP, put it in the law codify it and actually secure our southern border because we're quickly realizing even though there's been some very big victories here and there notably on on title 42 but courts cannot be relied on uh to rein in the biden administration's relentless flouting of our laws congress is the one that has to step forward with actual needed true reforms to end the biden border crisis yeah but rj uh kamala harris says it's a root causes issue Oh, yeah. I mean, to, to wade into that a little bit, I think it was, again, it's all a blur right now. Just the nonsense that is coming out of this White House and, and the agencies um, under that umbrella. I mean, Kamala Harris, when she was down with that, that, you know, the North American summit that was in Los Angeles several weeks ago, one of the biggest, you know, things she announced, OK, to address the root causes, I think was around one point nine billion dollars in private investment. Um, in Central American countries. So are you telling me, okay, that now that the gap is going to make denim in Guatemala, that the migration crisis is going to stop? I mean, come on. 
And these are all crooked governments, okay? The moment private companies invest down there or we send taxpayer dollars, it's not going to be used properly. It's all going to line pockets of cartels, crooked criminals, and, and leaders down there. The, the, the only root causes of our crisis are the magnetic policies we either have in place that they've, that they've you know, drawn up since they came in office or things they've rescinded like MPP. I mean, one thing they're trying to do, I mean, they're just encouraging everybody to come up is they're pretty much trying to put every immigration decision, I think, in the hands of the most woke left-wing open borders contingent in the federal government, which are like asylum officers. So ICE isn't even going to be prosecuting, you know, a frivolous claim or even having them appear before a judge. They're just going to allow these woke people, you know, that probably went to a Ivy League school and, you know, want to change the world on humanitarian grounds to rubber stamp every claim. Because all you have to say is, oh, I have credible fear of returning to the homeland. And I mean, if you're a migrant coming up, okay, and you say, you know, there, were crime, there was crime in my city or I was uh, abused domestically or anything like that. No, granted, those are terrible things, and I understand why some would want to flee. But how the hell can any, you know, uh, asylum officer right there prove that? I mean, how can we look in or investigate if that claim is meritorious? Because it's not. They know how to game the system. And again, you have plenty of asylum officers and the immigration lawyer cabal that makes so much money of telling them what to say, coaching them up and how to game the process. It's just that, you know, they started it. They know how to end it. The root cause stuff is just political cover. Well, yeah. And it's like we've done that before. <laughs> Where, you know, it's like the yeah, like the definition of insanity. You just keep doing the, the things that, uh, you know, aren't working. Uh, you know, how many illegal immigrants do we know how many illegal immigrants are, are in the United States right now? I mean, no, you know, FAIR's recent estimate was probably around 14 million or so. But again, there's there's no way to tell. I mean, if you look, though, at, at the the type of border numbers that we're seeing, I mean, you know, May, we're, we only they, they release all the border numbers very late. I mean, we won't get these June numbers probably until late July. But going back on May, I mean, I think May was a you know record setting month for the Biden administration on many fronts. I mean, you had record high gas prices. 40-year inflation high. And then again, it was the record number of illegal aliens ever encountered at our borders. And guess, you know, what old record it was surpassing? April. I mean, what we're seeing here is absurd. I mean, it was 240,000 in May. I think since President Biden took office, there have been about 3 million encounters at the southern border alone. And I think almost half of those, again, have been released into the country. So, I mean, tack on, you know, another 1.5 million or so. And then what we try to always highlight are the border that's at the border encounter numbers. And now the more legal aliens that are coming into our country, you know, it, we don't know those who got away from immigration uh, authorities. And now, you know, CBP sources did quietly reveal to groups like us and folks on Capitol Hill that there have already been 440,000, okay, known gotaways at the border since fiscal year 2022 began. And then that already exceeds the 390,000 known gotaways in all fiscal year 2021. So, I mean, that's like, you know, tack on nearly a million on top of the numbers that they're actually reporting and then tacking it again on on the number that we currently estimate are here. It is just swelling. okay, and it is going to continue to get worse. It truly is insane that we're allowing this to happen. And I mean, it's you know, it's essentially a siege. But in a perfect world, uh, you know, you'd mentioned Congress needing to act and they do not probably not in the way that we want them to or they're going to. But in a perfect world, in an ideal world. Uh, what would they do? What should get done? Well, I mean, again, groups like us, we have, you know, so many asks, I feel like, on both the illegal and legal fronts. But, I mean, you know, what our kind of coalition is calling for is, I mean, we're just basically, again, trying to prevent, you know, this administration or any future administration 
from weaponizing loopholes in our system and, and the, the, the defiantly like refusing to follow plain law to purposely drive, you know, mass illegal immigration into the United States. So just some of the things, I mean, we're calling for. Again, again, there's so much that needs to be done. What we're telling Republicans, too, is do something to address the border crisis right out the gate. But again, then, then dabble in other shovel-ready areas, you know, mandatory E-Verify, protect American workers, maybe even tax remittances. But some of the things we're calling for were, you know, create an authority to immediately expel illegal aliens when they, you know, they cross the border. Reform that asylum system, just saying that, you know, hey, an illegal alien is ineligible for asylum if they traverse to safe third country. You know, again, if you are a true asylum seeker, you know, I think this, too, about, you know, a lot of the Ukrainians that were, you know, flying from Eastern Europe to Cancun and then crossing our border. I mean, you're flying to a country that Americans vacation to or a beach. OK, and then if you're really fleeing Ukraine or, or the war tour or the, the war situation there, you'd want to stay in the first country you get to. So maybe that first country in Europe where you're flying from and then maybe Mexico itself. So, again, the process is just, you know, absolutely ridiculous. These are things the Trump administration wanted to do. I could go on and on. All these reforms are so in the weeds. They're statutory changes that need to be made. And again, we're hopeful. Like they know exactly what needs to be done. The Judiciary Committees in both chambers know exactly what needs to be done. There's been many bills introduced. You just got to combine them all. Everybody unite together. You pass them and then finally send something to President Biden's desk where he can take his pen and the American people will be like, is he going to end the border crisis or not? Because all he has to do is put pen to paper and it will finally end. Quick commercial break. More on immigration on the other side. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. 
classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. You know, a lot of the discussions we have are about illegal immigration. Uh, President Trump wanted to tackle legal immigration as well, looking at things like making it more merit-based and things of that nature. You know, what should be done on the the legal immigration front? Yeah, you know, I mean, the the business community has always, you know, exploited, you know, a a flow of cheap foreign labor. I mean, you have so many guest worker programs, Lisa, that are just so corrupt, you know, and you, I feel like every summer, okay, you got news stories uh, that say resort that say, oh my gosh, we can't find lifeguards. You know, we need H2Bs from Eastern Europe. Well, you know, the H2B system is so flawed, you know, and what these employers do, Lisa, is they... They are required, for example, to, to post a job posting, but they post that job posting in a newspaper 100 miles away. So they know darn well that nobody's going to reply to it. So then they go, well, we tried. We checked that box. Can I get a uh, can I get some cheap foreign labor? I mean, in our ag community, too. I mean, we're the we're so behind compared to other first world countries that are very automated in Europe and everything. We rely on cheap foreign labor. And, you know, one thing we've always tried to, it's always been tough to get Republicans down this more limited immigration path on the legal front. But, you know, one thing I think is, is union people need to wake up and the, kind of the union voters that President Trump, I think, you know, really resonated with the blue collar types. Again, these, these, the union leadership, okay, they are advocating for more cheap foreign labor, people that are going to undercut the wages of their members. But why do they want to do that, Lisa? They want to swell their ranks for more power, more money. Okay, they're like, well, hell, you know, if we have 400,000 now, if we have a lot of legal aliens coming in or guest workers, we do amnesty and we'll have 800,000, even though, you know, that new membership undercut your existing ones. It's just all corrupt you know, all around. And, and I don't think, you know, we, we've, we, we've tried to, you know, poke holes and again, that concept that, oh, you know, the unemployment rate, you know, is so low. I mean, we need more cheap foreign labor. Again, we don't. A tight labor market is a good thing. It causes employers to increase wages. Don't undercut that with mass migration, even through a legal pathway. Well, yeah, power and uh, money are the two things that typically... You know, at the root of corruption. <laughs> well, fortunately, the, the chamber, fortunately, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is, is not as powerful as they once were. I think everybody hates them. So it's a big victory. We saw what happened in Afghanistan. We brought, you know, a ton of people over to the United States. A- any update on like sort of like that refugee exodus and what it mean what it means for America? What's going on with it? Yeah, well, first and foremost, OK, they're acting like basically they're treating every person that was able to flee the country, you know, on the planes that got out quickly or able to escape. They're trying to sell the public that all of them were basically civ program people that were actually those who assisted or translated, you know, for the U.S. military or, or a diplomatic mission over there. I mean, hell, they've even carved out the eligibility so much that they said, we're not even going to have if you assisted or maybe worked for the Taliban. Okay, we're not going to let that undercut your application. We're going to still allow you to be eligible. And again, they're abusing this discretionary authority that the Homeland Security Secretary says. Now, it's explicit in law. It's called, again, the parole authority. It's supposed to be on a case-by-case basis. But they're abusing it in mass. They're allowing them in in absolute waves. And it's outrageous, too, you know, to see. And I'm not praising the Biden administration for this. But again, there are many, you know, Foreign Service officers and people within the federal government that are doing their job. Okay, they're vetting these people properly. They know. I mean, the the craziest thing about the Afghanistan front is, you know, Lisa, you can't, you know, phone our embassy in um, Kabul. Okay, it doesn't exist. 
you have a government we don't talk to, a corrupt government that just assumed power. How can you vet people? How can you know if they had a criminal record or what they did? It is freaking impossible. So they're actually saying they've been denying more. But now you see it on Twitter, you see the news story, all these sympathetic media outlets, again, where they say, oh, my gosh, it is outrageous that there's a 96 percent disapproval rate for these Afghans. Well, that's a good thing. Okay, they just want to rubber stamp every person where no matter where they come from, whether it's the Middle East, Europe, Asia, Central America, they want everybody to come in rubber stamped, you know, no, no ifs, ands or buts. But again, it's it's dangerous. There are still many Afghan migrants that are waiting in these places abroad to be able to come into the country. And we, we got to be on the watch for it. Well, and like the, what's so terrible about it is because they were so sloppy and reckless in the evacuation. I mean, one, it, it left 13 service members dead. So first and foremost, that's the, the biggest problem and, and you know the biggest grievance and, and, and what's so sad about that. And then also because they were so reckless, we left Americans behind. And then we also left the people that actually did help us and like fight alongside us. And we took all these people to your point. We have no idea who the hell we took. No, but I mean, but Lisa, now we're letting, I mean, again, yeah, we let down our service members. We let down Americans that went in the country. And now we're letting down every American in the United States out of guilt. Okay. Because we're guilty of how we left that country. We're guilty again, because service members died and it was very sloppy. But the way to do that again, isn't just to be like, okay, well, we're going to let in a hundred thousand Afghans on the taxpayer dime, even though we can't vet them because that makes us feel better. Again, that's ridiculous. That's been a problem with us, though, too, is we've noticed Republicans kind of falling in that trap. Oh, we must protect it. We must yeah, take a step back. Worry about the American people and our national sovereignty first. But like what's humane about like 50 illegal immigrants dying? Right. Like what, what what's what's humane about the, the you know, the, the trek across the southern border trying to get in the United States, dying in rivers, dying in the heat? You know, like, I don't understand how that's humane. Like, I, that's what I do. I don't I don't get it. Like, how is that humane? I don't either. And I mean, and when you're looking at their response to this, I mean, it is absolutely absurd. They're basically saying, yes, this is inhumane. The fact migrants died means we just must open our borders so they don't have to use smugglers or traffickers. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. The fact that they're using it in that manner, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, using, again, you know, 53 dead migrants for political capital is absolutely ridiculous. And one thing to point out, though, I think it is fascinating on, on this. Again, just to recap, I mean, the, the, if you don't mind, on the, on the San Antonio thing, it, it, there's some wild details. You have a cartel, uh, Del Norosete, oversaw the smuggling migra- uh, operation. They were using a truck, Lisa, that was cloned. Uh, to look like it was part of a, a prominent South Texas trucking company. They had these fees. So again, you're lying in the pockets of these cartels. It was 3000 for Mexicans already near the border and 8500 for those coming up to Central America. They promised to drop them off at a safe location. Oh, and wait, you know, the, uh, the two who were arrested, who were doing the transportation, they were here illegally too. They overstayed their B-2 visa. So they came through a legal pathway, these cartel, employ- these cartel smugglers, Okay, they overstayed. They were here illegally and they drove right through a border patrol checkpoint. I mean, this is all absolutely absurd. The only the most humane thing we can do, okay, isn't necessarily swarming the border with more border patrol, more resources. And I'll be honest, even building a wall, you just make sure they cannot come in. They don't get released into the country. They don't exploit a deeply flawed legal process and, and migrate illegally under the guise of legality. You've got to change the laws the only way you can do it. No, it definitely needs to happen. And that's something that we should put pressure on Republican 
lawmakers to do, you know, most specifically if we end up taking back the House and Senate and, you know, pray to God we get a Republican in there in 2024 because obviously it's it's kind of a mess right now, right? We, we, the world's on fire. You know, I, I wanted to to ask you, you know, we, we most of the conversation about illegal immigration uh, and immigration in this country stems from the southern border. What's going on at the northern border? I think this has always been, you know, something that the Border Patrol has been worried about. I think it's, it's been more of a bipartisan thing because the, the, the situation at the border doesn't usually have to do with, you know, humans. You know, it's not them coming across. You, know, you have Canadians that will go across a, a border checkpoint to go grocery shopping. Some will do it for their job. I mean, it's completely different. But, you know, there are so many parts of that border, Lisa, where you can just simply walk across. There are so many ports of entry. We don't have, you know, enough sensors, security cameras, radar, drones that we have on the U.S.-Mexico line. So, I mean, you know, if you're a a terror cell or something, if you're looking to smuggle people into the country, I think the best way to do that would be to come through the Canadian border. I mean, talk about rugged terrain, again, lack of staffing up there. And again, this kind of stresses of, you know, we're so, the Border Patrol is so overwhelmed down there at the southern border. I mean, you know, maybe they are, you know, bringing some resources down from up north. But again, you got to worry about national security threats up there and then drugs flowing in. Again, these cartels are so smart. And it isn't just, you know, lethal narcotics, cocaine, stuff like that coming, you know, up from Central America, you know, where it's manufactured. I mean, if you're doing pills and other things like that, it's easy to come down. Okay, from Canada and into a lot of these northeastern states that are being ravaged again by our drug crisis. That's something we've always pointed out too in terms of why border security is so important and why this drug crisis is the most important public health thing. Okay, if you look at obviously you know deaths eighteen to forty five, drug overdoses absolutely dwarf uh, COVID deaths. But what did you know HHS and and the federal government care about more? Okay, they cared more about COVID for a variety of reasons. But again, if you truly want to keep the American people safe and secure, you secure both borders. Well, yeah, I mean, like the feds, I'm just reading now in the Washington Times, the the, the articles from June 5th, but the feds busted uh, an extensive Uber smuggling ring at the northern border. So we've got, you know, drugs coming over at the the northern border as well. But, you know, it, it, it really is just uh, all a mess. And it is incredibly frustrating because all the wounds in our nation right now are all self-inflicted and intentional, right, by the, the Biden administration. Is there anything else you want to leave us with before we go, RJ? No, again, it's just it, it, this crisis is, again, it's something that's completely unprecedented. And, and, you know, I appreciate you, you know, Fox and many other people covering it and highlighting it. Again, the media loved it last year. The numbers are we're half where we are now. It's like the border crisis has become the new normal. That has to end. Again, Republicans will have three things to do, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, first, they must pass a very detailed, comprehensive border security bill out the gate. Number two, they have to be aggressive with their oversight. You know, we did a Benghazi committee, and I'm not going to weigh in on on how important that was, and several Americans did die and everything, but I think the border crisis is a little bit more important than that. Okay, the fact that you have our country essentially being invaded, you have many Americans dying, our national sovereignty and our safety are at risk. Do a committee, do big investigations, subpoena, impeach my orcas, go hard on that front. And lastly, and I think most importantly, is Republicans will control the purse strings. Don't give Department of Homeland insecurity, not security. Don't give them a blank check, okay, to circumvent our laws and process illegal aliens and mass coming into our country. Republicans have always been afraid, okay, to to go down the path and be aggressive in the appropriations process. Now is the time to change. Again, 
the American people are going to be like, you know, it's enough just tweeting about the crisis and writing op-eds and, and acting like it's outrageous. It's time to do something about it. And I think your listeners and the American people, they're the ones they have to answer to. So again, make your voice heard. And tell the lawmakers, again, do something about the crisis. And Republicans need to stop selling out for a pat on the head from Chuck Schumer and the mainstream media who all hate us. So, <laughs> but RJ, uh, RJ Haman, thanks so much for uh, joining the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. for a great conversation, candid conversation about a lot of the big issues we're facing at the southern border. And I want to thank you at home for listening. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Let us know what you think. And I want to thank my executive producer, John Cassio, for putting together the show and always working so hard. Every Monday, every Thursday, The Truth with Lisa Booth. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.